Got time for a quick story. Never been to the Southern Hemisphere. Never been to Chile in particular. Seems like a fun place to travel, to which to travel and to visit, but I've never been there. Well, Mark Farner has been there. Mark Farner, the lead singer on a lot of the big hits from Grand Funk Railroad. And the reception that he got in Chile, such that, well, he's got a live DVD. If you're putting out a live recording of anything, it's probably because you had a pretty special show, a pretty special audience, pretty good vibe. And that's what he got. Mark Farner's American Band just came out with a DVD from Chile with Love and also has some new music out. And so, as a result of this new material from Mark Farner, we are talking to Mark Farner. You know the voice. If you if you listen to my radio station, you, you, you listen to Greatest Hits 98.1, you hear Mark Farner probably at least once a day. Um, considering all of, all of the Grand Funk Railroad hits, so yeah, Mark Farner is a is an ever present presence on here in Western Wisconsin. Seriously, like like uh, every day, there's a there's a Grand Funk song will come up. Like, well, there's Mark Farner once again. <laughs> well, bless your heart. I appreciate that, brother Luke. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, you, your voice is still going because you got new music and you got new uh, live content. We're going to talk a lot about that, in particular, Mark Farner's American Band from Chile with Love is the DVD. Now that came out just a little over a week ago. Is that am I correct on that? That's right, April sixth. Okay, why Chile of all nations? Well, we were doing a South American run down into Peru and Brazil and, and Chile. And we had already been to this theater uh, in Santiago. Uh, it's it's uh, Teatro Calpalican. It's like in a, a theater in the round. And I loved playing there because the, the closeness of the audience and such, uh, you could get a look at everybody, eh? And so we, you could really rock in a place like that because you can play to them. You can play to the people. So anyways, the promoter uh, calls my manager and said, a friend of his who had Abysmo Films in Santiago wanted to do an eight-camera shoot video on me and would work a fantastic deal and whatever. And uh, it wasn't, I think it took maybe two seconds to make that deal. <laughs> <laughs> and we came up with this Mark Browner's American Band from Chile with Love. It's 16 live performance tracks. There is two bonus videos on there one of which is available right now at markfarner.com. It's a free download right there, and it'll give you a taste of what the DVD is about because the, the footage taken in Rock and Roll Soul is from the live performance, which is in the 16 performance tracks. So it, it refers back to it, and it's a very Americana. You would swear it was shot in California someplace, but it was shot down there <laughs> in Chile. And it's beautiful, and what they did, and what the salute that they gave to the American rock and roll. Wow. Loved it. Yeah. And we got five bonus tracks on there, Luke. Five mm -hmm. bonus tracks that uh, were never released before. So I'm really uh, happy about that. And for fourteen ninety nine, such a deal. <laughs> <laughs> Come this weekend while supplies last. <laughs> there are supplies, though. It's, 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 you mentioned the video. 
in particular. So I'm watching through both both that video, and I'll get more to Never and Always in a little bit, but I'd watched Never and Always first. Then I watched Rock and Roll Soul, and I recognized a little bit of the similarity in in like I think maybe the young daughter or looked it looked similar enough, but I could tell also with the abysmal. Like, okay, so this was shot in Chile, but to your point of how they make it look very, I guess like a like a garage in America. That was yeah. my first thought as well. I'm like, oh, this must be about. <laughs> wait, it looks similar than what? Oh, they're recreating this in Chile. This is pretty yeah. cool. They did a good job. Oh yeah, they and they love American rock and roll down there. So. Uh... You know the the job that they did uh, went beyond our hopes and what we even agreed and signed on the line for. Because Carlos came with, as you mentioned, Luke, the uh, never and always. He came to us, dude. That was done, and he says, "Look, I I love that song so much. When I heard it, this is what came to my mind, and wanted to run it past you. If you want any changes, or if you don't even want it, it's okay." <laughs> wow! And I, I, we looked at it, man. We watched the thing and cried. So uh, we definitely wanted it, and it's on there. And uh, I think people, because uh, this, the what we have been going through as a nation, I think people can really appreciate uh, the message in this. Yeah, and in, in, in both, yeah, the the both in rock and roll soul and the feeling of just, you want that energy back and kind of, there's that twist at the end of the video which won't describe for anyone yeah. listening watch the video <laughs> and you'll see what I'm what I'm talking about but then also in 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 never and always the, again it's a thing that it's very american but it's also it's a universal human feeling because i mean there's homelessness everywhere there are people that are running there people that deal with abuse everywhere i mean it's it's something that i'm sure it happens in chile all the time it's something but at the same time watching that video i feel like i could be looking at something that was filmed in new york city it's 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 a message and i like the again i won't reveal what happens but what happens in the stories as that video progresses yeah where did Uh, oh go ahead i was just gonna say that's the work of carlos toro and and he is the producer and owner of Abismo Films. Actually, it's Carlos Toros the Fifth. Wow. Yeah. Where it's did, a generational thing. It's a blessing. My gosh. Where? Okay. You said that that they that he and and the company came to you. I mean, how did they slash him learn about your music to want to make the DVD thing start and then beget this relationship? Well, they were big fans of the music first, Luke, and then the promoter, Carlos Pastin, was friends, uh, you know, with Carlos Toro. Mm. And so they always would do lunch together, whatever, because they're good friends. And so when he told, uh, you know, Toro that uh, he was going to bring Mark Farner back uh, to Santiago, and he goes, you know, wow, tell him I'll do this. So that's how we got the connect. And after being with that crew and on stage, usually uh, whenever we shot a live video and there's been cameramen on stage, I will inevitably run into them. I mean, <laughs> not on purpose ever, but I just bust out in a run. You know, I just might t- take off and I don't look. <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> oh, I'm not used to somebody being there, you know, or happen to. So it, during this performance, I didn't hit anybody. This is like the first one. Wow. <laughs> they are so courteous and such good camera work. Great people, great hearts. Yeah, they've, they've definitely got 
a love for American rock and roll. Describe Mark Farner's American band, and the bios are on the website, so people can read there. But but talk a little more, maybe in depth, beyond the website of of the other guys in the group. Well, the drummer Hubert Crawford is a Don Brewer study. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's where he he, he is. Uh, that's Don is his guy. It's nice. you know he, he, every song. I don't care which one. If I say it's I Come Tumbling or Loneliness, he's got it. He knows it because that's what he grew up playing and loving. And I met him. He was playing drums with James Brown. We did a show in Montgomery, Alabama. There was War, Grand Funk, and James Brown. Wow. (laughs) And it was in the street, and it was really a great rock festival. And... uh, that's where we met Hubert and watched him play up there with James on stage. And uh, somehow the good Lord had a place for him in my band. <laughs> <laughs> and he rocks, man. I mean, he is, he holds us together. He really rocks hard. And on bass guitar is Paul Randolph from Detroit, Michigan. And I just worked with Paul Randolph doing the Alice Cooper record, Breadcrumbs, which was a prelude to his Detroit Stories release, mm-hmm. and he was the bass player, but I, I had never met him before. I, I was there, you know, Wayne Kramer from the MC5 was there, and Johnny B. from the Detroit Wheels, and of course Alice and Bob Ezrin, and the, uh, when we heard this bass player, it was like, woo, man, <laughs> this guy can play. And then we got to do an overdub for background vocals. Dude, this guy, I'm looking up there. I'm down here at like five, seven. I'm looking up there. He's like six, three, four, something like that. You know? <laughs> and he's got this really high voice coming out of there. And I am just amazed at that. I asked him to play in my band because we needed to get somebody from Detroit and didn't even know about him. But we're glad to have Paul Randolph on bass and Bernie Palo, who I met uh we're doing some gigs with Alto Reed, who is a sax player for Bob Seeger. Mm-hmm. And we did gigs with uh, Dave Mason, uh, Felix Cavalieri, uh, Eric, Eric uh, yeah, oh, God, Rick Derringer. Mm-hmm. And then I can't remember the, the Eric dude. It wasn't Clapton, though. Trust me, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> it was from Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp. But uh, it's, a, it's a blast. And I mean, to... to to learn from these guys, to play with those guys, and be part of, uh, you know, that rock and roll at that moment, uh, it's never going to happen again. So, you know, it's got you got to carry it on board and use it when you're writing your next song. <laughs> exactly. Well, there there is a, a a next song that we just heard, and I always perk up when I hear an artist who's been around a long time release. New music, and so when I saw, oh, never and always is that okay? Cool. Where, when was that song written, and how was that song written? That song was written three years ago in L.A. We were at the Mothership, which is uh, Steve Vai's studio, and the record company had leased the studio from Steve Vai. So we're at the mothership and I'm doing some other songs. So we're doing some recording. And as I'm tuning up, there's a, I'm sitting in a control room and 
there's a lot of uh, engineers and people that are walking back and forth and setting up and what have you, making some changes, some mic changes. And Tom Fletcher, the producer, was sitting at the desk making some adjustments. And anyways, I'm getting uh, guitar sound, and he said, "Well, you, you want a little bit more, Mark, so you can tune up. These guys are making some noise." I said, "Yeah, give me just a little bit more of that." So I started playing this riff. It was just a little jam that I had, you know, came up with in my head. But it sounded so cool in that room with those speakers, man, and big stereo speakers in that control room, and. Fletcher looked over at me and he said, what the hell is that? <laughs> I said, never and always. It's a concept of a song I had, and I started, you know, I, I sang him a little bit, but I didn't have it finished. Uh, I finished it there at the mothership, and with the help of John Spicer, uh, we uh, we put it together and recorded it in in. 432 and A432. You know, A440 is concert pitch. Yeah. Well, we cut in A432. Really? It's a better fit. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, yes. It's. I'm there from now on. It's me. <laughs> really? Well, what, That's what I mean, I'm doing. I mean, how do you feel better with that just just a little the frequency just a little bit off? What 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 do you what do you find is that better fit? I'm really curious on that. Well, I tuned my guitar because a friend of mine turned me on to it, and he had a video link that he sent me where this guy said a loudspeaker by a kiddie pool and hit uh, A2. He was in 440, and he hit A2 and a tone generator mm-hmm. at 120 decibels, and you know what happens at 120 decibels. I mean, it was yeah. chop on the water. It was just, you know, mm-hmm. blasting. So he tunes it down to 432, which is 8 cents, you know, lower than... 440 to 432 hit it at the same uh, 120 decibels it was like glass huh yeah interesting so at 432 it is the harmonics changed on my he told me to change you know to tune my acoustic guitar i did to 432 and as he said each time it would come into tune it would you would hear harmonics coming off the string they would just kind of ring out. As soon as you would hit that, I'm going, wow, you could almost tune to the harmonics on this. If my ears were better, I definitely could. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fascinating. I am going to have to experiment with that a little bit. That's that's really, really cool. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it is, man. Your, your, your acoustic guitar will say, thank you, dude. <laughs> okay, good to know. Awesome, awesome. I have to, I have to try applying that and such. Cool. So the song comes together. You get the music video out there. What? What? Have you gotten any fan feedback from that song yet? Yeah, and it's all good. Uh, you know, just a few people saying that it's great timing for this, and didn't know when it was written, but it sure does fit. You know, for for what people are feeling, and uh, you know, I always love a happy ending, Luke. <laughs> I well, just do. it's it's there it's there like i said not revealing what's in the video but uh yeah that's there's there's a point to that there's definitely a point to that for sure your your voice speaking of i it's not endings but happy occurrences still after a long time so i'm listening to your voice and in in, in all, all of this material and going you know what 
sounds essentially like it did in the 1970s, which doesn't always happen with singers. For I mean, there are assorted reasons. Obviously, some don't take care of their voice. Some, it just ages on them. They do everything right, but, you know, to each their own. Your voice sounds essentially, from, from my ears, pretty much as how it sounded in the 1970s. How do you keep your voice healthy? I married a woman 13 years younger than me. (laughs) (laughs) And she is uh, health conscious. We are both health conscious. So I do a a natural thing. I know that, uh, you know, inflammation is not good in your body, no matter, you know, what's causing it or what type it is. But uh, in 2002, I did Walk Down Abbey Road Tour and and Todd Rundgren and I were sitting having a beer one morning. It was a day off. <laughs> and we went in. The guy puts it in the draft glass and uh, puts it up in front of us, and we think it's beer. I mean, that's what we asked for. And we watched him get it out. Uh, and when I took a drink of mine, oh, my God, dude, it came right back up all over that bar. And, oh, my, it was the guy told us he freaked out he says the guy that was supposed to uh, take those hoses because they put acid in the hose to wash them out at night mm. <laughs> we got glasses full of acid oh uh, anyways i had this lung infection occur because of that and i had it for a year and a half it was like and trying to sing oh my god it was the hardest thing for me to do but and I went to University of Michigan. They, you know, put the TV cameras in there. It looks like cottage cheese. <laughs> it doesn't oh, look good. Uh. So the, the, a friend of mine who was a Navy SEAL in San Diego sent me uh, some Wobenzyme, W-O-B-E-N-Z-Y-M, Wobenzyme. It was not available in the United States at that time. Uh, and he says, I'm going, I'm driving over to Mexico today, Farner, and I'm sending you this stuff. I want you to get on it. And, just, and he told me how to take it, take it like three in the morning, three at night to just get used to your body, you know, taking it. And it's really heavy mega doses of pineapple, uh, papain and, uh, and from papaya, um, you know, I know that's the pain in from the pineapple bromelain. Anyways, the really high enzyme doses, and uh, that's what kicked that stuff out of me, dude. In in less than three weeks, it was gone. Wow. Yeah. Because huh. I kicked it up to seven, three times a day on an empty stomach. You have to take it on an empty stomach to do the systemic work and take it with a lot of water. And it it's... Uh, it goes down there and kicks the bad guy's ass, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> and uh, so inflammation is a singer's absolute worst nightmare. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. I'm on that Wobenzyme. I thank God for that. I thank God for a wife that's uh, health-minded, feeds me right, gives me raw juices and, you know, the things that keep me going. I'm 73 this year. And uh, I feel pretty good. I feel like I did when I was mm, 18. I'm lying a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) If you're in the ballpark, that's the important thing. That's what matters. You can still run around on stage in your 70s and be singing like that and playing like that. More power to you. That's an an awesome thing. Speaking of... Thank you, Brother Luke. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Speaking of being on stage and such, what... 
do I'll ask this. Do you get different reactions to different songs in different cities and or different countries? Yes, I do. Uh, and, and some, it just depends on what the market played. Uh, you know, if they played uh, uh, Locomotion uh, more. I mean, as soon as we go into Locomotion, everybody likes that song, you know. Uh, but some places, they are right with it, and they're singing with it and everything. And same thing with uh, Some Kind of Wonderful. You will have some places that uh, where people just, man, they can't wait getting up and boogieing. Man, they stand right there in front of the seat and get down. <laughs> so, yeah, and, and Heartbreaker, that's uh, like on the east coast of the United States, people in the Boston area and those uh, the upper states up in through there, New Hampshire, Maine, and Vermont, uh, yeah, good Good people, good soulish people up in there, and they they would sing with you, singing Heartbreaker, just like on the uh, DVD here from Chile with Love, that people there in Chile were singing Heartbreaker. That's that's one of the songs that they you can tell they just they really like that song. And some of the uh, folks told me they learned English so they could understand the words because the music was touching them in such a way that uh, their heart had to know what it was saying. <laughs> really? So that just, you know, music does cross language barriers. It doesn't need any words to touch somebody, to get somebody's attention. Mm-hmm. There's, if there's enough love in there, it's going to touch everybody. Yep. What are your favorite countries and cities in which to perform? Well, we really like uh, Japan. The first time we went there, played the... Uh, baseball, World Series baseball stadium outside of Osaka. Nice. And uh, it rained. <laughs> <laughs> it was a monsoon, and we played anyway. And the people loved us. The, it, they just loved us there. The kids, there were so many fans in the street. Uh, they couldn't get in. They had, they had sold it out. And the fans outside, there had to be, God, there was five to seven thousand fans just standing you know they were jumping up and down and wanting to get in well they as we are pulling in with the limo these these kids these people pick up this great big telephone pole and start ramming the gate and it it doesn't take but about three good pokes with this thing and that gate was history and they all poured into the infield oh boy (laughs) i'm not kidding you it was a fiasco, and it's raining like crazy. <laughs> so uh, they remember us there, and I remember uh, Japan. I love the people. I love the the humble people, um, their nature to be clean, and uh, a reverence for spiritual things. Okay. And uh, so I really love the Japanese people cool. and love playing for them. Uh, played there with Ringo in '95 uh, at the Budokan, Ooh. and uh, it, you know, getting back up in front of the people year after year. Whenever I've been able to get to the to the uh, uh, you know the people of the fans in Japan, we always get the same reaction. I mean, they they just you know 
Once you have a love affair with people, it's just like my Chilean brothers and sisters. I go back there, and I get a lot of love from them people, mm. man. I, how, why would you not want to go back to that? Right. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, reciprocal. There's, there's a, yeah, man, it's uh, that yeah, that and the food, Luke. Mm. You know, <laughs> right. you get to eat all this different food. I love that food down there in Peru. Oh my God, I had the best potato soup I ever had in my life in Arequipa, Peru. <laughs> really? Yeah. Interesting. I don't know. <laughs> don't know too much Peruvian food here in Wisconsin, obviously. So, like anything there would be different and interesting and fun to try. Yeah. Absolutely. Interesting. What is your all-time favorite concert where you've performed throughout your entire life? The first Atlanta Pop Festival. Mm. That was, uh, we were introduced to large crowds right then, and we didn't have a record deal. We were an unheard-of band. We are garage band from Flint, Michigan, performing in Atlanta, Georgia, in front of all these name acts uh, that drew all that 185,000 people to the festival. And so when, uh, when I walked up on that stage, we were opening act because the attorneys who were doing the legal work for that show were the attorneys that our manager, Terry Knight, used in New York City. So they worked a deal with the promoters of the festival to have their band, Grand Funk Railroad, go on first and open this festival for free. We would play for, uh, for no performance money, and uh, they would take a reduction in their legal fees. So they worked out, and 185,000 people. Dude, all I had seen prior to this was... You know, if we played a fair and you had, you know, a couple of thousand people. <laughs> Dude, this is like you walk up on that stage, and the only thing that we had been able to see as far as the audience and experience the vastness of the audience, you could hear it. But when looking out through the fence backstage, you could only look into maybe the first ten rows or something. Not very far so when I got up on the stage, I'm 15 feet above their heads. I'm going, Whoa! oh, my God. It was as far as your eye could see with just people. Wow. And it was rocking. It was just so rocking. And we did our first album, all of our original uh, songs, and we ended with Land of a Thousand Dances by Wilson Pickett. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I took my guitar off. I was dancing all over that stage and singing and just getting down. It was cool. And they loved it, and they didn't want us to leave the stage. They kept calling us back encore after encore. I'm serious, man. They just they fell in love with us right then. Because we were just, you know, I was uh, 19 or 20, and, and Mel was like 17 or 18. I'm, you know, we're just kids. Wow. Uh, But they loved us. They loved our energy, and they loved the intention. They loved what the songs were saying. And, uh, you know, they were not all from Atlanta, Georgia. There was people from every state in the Union there. So the word went out, and we started playing festivals and and getting paid, dude. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And now you can make a career out of it. Yeah. And you guys did. that's, That's really cool. What okay? So now we got we got the DVD up, we got the new song 
out. Videos are out. May I ask, what is next? Do you have any projects you're starting to uh, put together? What What are we going to expect from you next? Or is it just let's get let's just talk about everything, promote the current DVD? What What are your next plans going down the road? Well, my next plans are I'm doing the Huckabee Show on the 23rd, okay, and next week, and I'm going to be writing with Mark Slaughter mm. from the group Slaughter. Nice from the 80s. He's a good friend of mine, and we we did Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp together. We we played I'm Your Captain on the Howard Stern Show live <laughs> with Kip Winger on the bass, Sandy Gennaro on uh, drums, and uh, Teddy Zigzag, Andreatis on keyboards, and Bruce Kulick on acoustic guitar, Mark Slaughter on second electric guitar, and we we did it and and Howard loved it, man. We did it so good. I mean, it was so close to the record. Uh, I was getting goosebumps watching it back. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, yeah, that that's uh, you know we're gonna be doing some dates uh, coming up in St. Augustine, Florida. We got dates. We got um, down in Ohio in uh, on uh, May the twelfth, but in St. Augustine on uh, May twenty first with Blue Oyster Cult and. Then we've got some dates, some couple other dates in Florida with BOC, and of course there there are coming onto my website um, each day now. So people, you can check it out at markfarner.com for the listeners, uh, and don't forget about that free download of Rock and Roll Soul. Check it out at markfarner.com. Very good. Well, we'll have to keep checking that out and keep an eye on what else is coming up. And in the meantime, definitely I'd encourage anyone, again, watch the watch the music videos and pick up that new DVD. Again, Mark Farner's American Band from Chile with Love, newly released. It's going to be a fun watch, fun listen. Mark, thanks for, uh, thanks for taking some time to chat with us today about all of this. This has been a really, really fun chat and learning about all of this. And I'm going to have to try out those frequencies. That, that's a really cool thing to 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 hear for sure i know all about a440 so hearing that in fact funny funny you should mention that today because i was getting my hair true story i was getting my hair cut about three hours ago and the person that cuts my hair is into like frequencies and such and she she was hitting a a a music like uh, she was hitting a gosh I, I, i do stuff in music and i'm forgetting the name a bar you know you know the tone bar but a note Right, yeah, yeah, but it was like one of the metal, like a tuning bar, a tuning fork. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's what I mean, the tuning fork, duh. But yeah. it was at 528 frequency, and I'm like, okay, what's oh. the significance of that? And she said, it's the love frequency, and it's, it's, in, it's on a C note, in, in effect, but yeah. said it's the love frequency, and she's doing that to to start. I'm like, interesting. I mean, that, that yeah. perked up my, my attention as well, and so she, it's the first time she's ever done that, but she was knocking that around, and it's, it's a good relaxant, so... That's the second yeah. frequency reference of the day. This... I'd say it's confirmation, Brother Luke Anthony. <laughs> I think so. I, there's these things don't just happen like that. So that's yeah, very good. I'm glad we had. I'm glad we had this uh, interview today. This is this has been really fun. So thank you, Mark, for all of this. Best of luck going forward. We look forward to more stuff coming from you going down the road. All right, Brother Luke, I appreciate it myself. And for all the classic hit listeners there in Altoona, Wisconsin, God bless y'all. If I don't see you in the future, I'll see you in the pasture.
God. Take care, Mark. Thank you very much. Hi, <laughs> right, brother. All right, bye-bye. Bye for now. Mark Farner, that was an absolute blast talking to him. Oh, gosh, that was that was really, really fun. Again, the DVD is called From Chile with Love. Mark Farner's American Band, like I said, came out in April 6th. You can learn more at, like he said, markfarner.com. Markfarner.com. That's simple. whole lot of information there. The videos, the downloads, all sorts of information. You can find him on uh, social media as well. Is on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, of course. All that information right there. This has been the latest edition of Got Time for a Quick Story. Thanks, as always, to uh, my employer, Greatest Hits 98.1 Radio. I was referring to to radio just a bit ago. Yep, that's my radio station where I work, and that's in based in Altoona, Wisconsin, in the Eau Claire, Wisconsin area. Uh, you can listen to a lot of the interviews that I do. My coworker, John Murphy, does at GreatestHits981.com. Um, you can, uh, under Features at the top of the page, Put your mouse over that. It'll say interviews. Click there and you can listen to and in some cases watch the interviews. Do some by Zoom. Also, we have a YouTube channel where we put all our interviews as well. Also, this podcast, Got Time for a Quick Story. Uh, You can uh, subscribe to it. A lot of the usual podcast platforms. Uh, Subscribe so you know when new episodes arrive and also rate it preferably higher. That'll spread the word around about this podcast. Got time for a quick story. I'm Luke Anthony.